Oh my god, what's up party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Andy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Blue Sky! Also occasionally on The Abomination, formerly known as Twitter, because oh my god. Oh lord. It's just real, real bad. You can also find me at Romancing Nancy on Blue Sky when I figure out how to switch between my accounts. <laughs> Damn it. The mobile app is just not quite there yet, y'all. It's, it's still in beta. Still in beta. Anyway, this week's episode. I would say that maybe I should explain the premise of the show, but my God, you know what we're here for. To see if Nancy and Ed bang. That's it. Like, honestly, the premise of my show. Could Nancy and Ed have banged? Could they? And the answer in this one is, oh my God, yes. This one is so horny. Um, The suspect next door, which is case number 39 actually, because next week we're going to be, well, next time we're going to be doing number 40. The suspect next door, the cover of it has, like, this interesting, like, lilac color. The color that was very popular for bridesmaid dresses for a hot minute. Maybe still is. Maybe still is. Um, Nancy is wearing a full ensemble of lavender, like, lilac plus black plus some interesting plaid things happening. Um, she's got, like, the shoulder-length blonde hair. Like, there's, there's not a lot of red happening. And she's holding an envelope and looking real sus. But when I say that she's looking real sus, it means that she's looking at somebody else as though they are sus. Um, she's also, like, tilted off to the side to balance the composition of the cover, which is a little bit weird. The, also, like, most, the dominating color is black, honestly, which is cool. And the, like, middle ground is... Spoiler alert, Nikki, who is the... Okay, we'll get to it. Nikki is Nancy's next-door neighbor. Um, She looks like she's dirty blonde in this, or maybe some light brown. She's supposed to be blonde and blue-eyed and super cute. Um, Anyway, it's fine. Um, She's also, like, having an argument with a guy that she's standing next to, and the guy looks like a complete asshole. Not like a violent asshole, just looks like he's a complete dork. Anyway. Yeah. Also, they're on a porch. There's some railing. And also, Nancy never wears this outfit. You know that that upsets me. And I think she would look cute in it. And it's got that little tie thing at the top that's that's giving Ned going, I would like to untie some things or use those for various purposes. So anyway, sadly. Oh my god. As a little bit of background, this one was released in September of 1989. And um, Nikki Masters, who is the chick in the middle ground, was the main character of the River Heights series, which was the Nancy Drew Files spinoff that was kind of like the the Sweet Valley High series-ish. Like, lots of, like, romance and drama and not a lot of mystery. So, yeah, I read, like, a couple, and I was like, Nancy and Ned are all not in this banging, and that's, that's what I'm here for, is the possibility of those two people banging, so... This book has a special place in my heart because, number one, it is one of the horniest books in the series. I would say that it probably kept the crown until 99, honestly. Oh, my God. So, for a long time. Also, um, it's Nancy Ned's anniversary. And I love that. Oh, my God. There is so much making out in this book. And there's also a lot of Ned being incredibly sweet and just, yes, like, oh, my God, goals. Hashtag goals, y'all. Okay. This book opens with Nancy and Ned making out. So, you know, it was on board from the beginning where he's like, I'm crazy about you. I love you so much. It's our anniversary. And Nancy's like, it is. Nancy and Ned are having a little picnic on the banks of the local river. 
However, it is broad daylight, even though Ned's like, I mean, clothes could come off. I'm not objecting to that. And Nancy's like, it's true. Clothes could come off. (laughs) Uh, The whole point of them having their romantic picnic. And like when I say that they're making out for the for this book, for this particular series, like, oh, my God, they are going at it. Like he's just like nuzzling all up on her. And she's like, yeah, I'm super into this. And it's her anniversary. And he's going back to college soon. And I was like, you know what this means? Now's the prime time for banging for many reasons. We're going to get to that. Anyway, all the reasons. All the re- Do they have a place that's available to them that does not have adults? Yes. I mean, they're technically adults, but come on. Are they together? Yeah. It's, it's such a low bar. The bar is subterranean. Anyway, Nancy glances over and sees her neighbor, Nikki, who is having an argument with his, his name is Dan. I don't know when his name is introduced, and I don't fucking care. You're going to find out soon enough anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. Anyway, they're having an argument, and, like, they're walking together, and their heads are bowed together, and Nancy and that are like, oh, my God, they're so cute. They're like a little us, because Nikki's 16. Should that be raising some red flags for you? Oh, oh, my God, constant warning. Um, this one, I mean, if we're looking just textually, this has got some definite, like, emotional abuse vibes. As we've talked about before in the Nancy Drew Files series, I feel like the ghostwriters got close to discussing physical abuse in some cases and didn't, like, it's as though they wanted to brush on that subject but didn't want to explicitly discuss it. In this book, there's, I can definitely say that we've, we may have passed over into that, but we'll get to it. So if that kind of thing is not going to be it for you, then um, just, just focus on the fact that Nancy and Ned are super fucking cute. Oh my god. Anyway, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like that, though. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, they see them, and, like, Nikki pulls away, and she's like, no, don't ask me again. And I was like, oh, well, we know what that means. She's 16. He's asking to bang. She ain't into it. And, like, the two of them are like, oh, they, they have a tempestuous relationship. And Nancy's like, not everybody has a Ned. And I'm like, you are not wrong. Ned, is, Ned was created in a lab for you. So enjoy that. La- luxuriate in it just soak it in but anyway so she's nancy is talking to her friends the next day Bess and george they're walking through the mall because it is 1989 y'all we are at the height of mall (laughs) much like ken what do you do beach what do teenagers do mall that is what we do that is a verb now anyway they're at the mall walking around and um Nancy's like, Ned is the sweetest boyfriend ever. And they're like, we know this. And Bess is like, if they could just clone him. It says that she says it mockingly, but also I feel like uh, we've kind of, uh, I've kind of alluded to this just a tiny, tiny bit. Like, it definitely feels like Bess is like, he's, he's a damn good catch. I don't know if it's that, I don't know. Bess definitely respects Ned and, and a like, you would be a good catch. But yeah, anyway. And Ned definitely cares about Bess, like, in a, like, you know, you are my girlfriend's bestie, so I care about all y'all. Anyway, Bess is like, oh, and then they, they're talking to each other, and then George is like, you just, like, you have, you're dating a different guy every, like, two weeks, and Bess is like, I know, but it's just because I haven't found the one that's going to be right for me for longer than that, and they're all laughing. They um, see this new store in the mall called Vanities. Which sounds like it sells a very particular type of dresser, but it does not. It's like this fancy boutique, like like a store that your rich husband gives you and is like, go entertain yourself, hon. Um, it's their little like pet project. Um, 
Beth sees a dress in the window, and she's like, I think my hips would look super cute in that dress. And the, Nancy and George, who both know that Beth has body images issues, um, and again, it says in the book, like, she's just five pounds over her goal weight. Like, she's just that... So she's like, she's not even, that's the problem. Like Bess and George at some point do acknowledge, they're like, you know, you're, you're not overweight. You know that, right? You're not, you're not, you're not. And Bess is like, "Mm, I just need to diet a little bit more. Anyway, if only, I feel like 1989 was not quite the right time for them to discuss the, like for them to get to the right place on this. Maybe we're not even at the right place. Yeah. But anyway, she's, she's not overweight. Anyway, but she thinks that dress is going to look super cute on her. So she walks in and she's like, do you have that dress in a size? And I think that she actually says like size seven, which to me says that she's still wearing like teen clothes. But anyway, so the girl behind the register who has curly, like dark hair and seems kind of timid is like, oh, let me go check. Like she's talking to the person who owns the store. The clerk is named Charlene given Dolly Parton vibes, and, um, the owner of the store is named Kate, and I can't remember her damn last name, it doesn't matter, um, yeah, so Charlene goes in the back, and when she comes back, she's like, yeah, I can't find any of that dress, and the owner's like, did we sell out of the dress, and Charlene's like, mm. and the store manager, Trisha, Trisha, um, comes in from the back and is like, oh, no, we haven't sold any of that dress yet. And so the owner's like, we've been robbed again. And Nancy's spidey sense has been tangling this whole time. And she's like, oh, really? There's another, like, while they were looking, Nancy goes over to the jewelry counter and she sees that they've got some, like, really interesting, like, I don't, if we're talking, like, jewelry from 1989, it sounds like it's just, the design of it is different. Like, it's silver and jade, but, like, I guess the, the way it's put together is a little bit different. They don't go into a lot of detail on it. But anyway, so, um, Nancy's looking at the jewelry and the owner's like, oh, would you like to, and she gets out the case without even like asking Nancy if she wants to look at it. I was like, cause she knows that Nancy comes from money and Nancy flips it over and she sees this, like it's the mark of the designer is a Z. She sees that and she's like, oh, that's cute. And I think she looks at the price tag and she's like, hmm. And I can't, Besser George is like, you should go ahead and get it, like, if you want it, and Nancy's like, well, I feel like Ned's probably going to give me some jewelry for our anniversary, and also, I've got enough money from, like, my birthday money, but, um, no, that's cool, I'll just, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not that in love with it. Anyway, so then she finds out about the robberies. Um, the store owner says this is like the fifth time they've been robbed or some shit. And she's like, yeah, we don't know how they're getting in and out. Nancy's like, tell me all about it. She's like, my name is Nancy Drew. And the owner's like, I have heard of you. Let's go talk in my office. <laughs> she's called the cops. The cops can't do anything. Um, they have security. They've got cameras. They've got everything. And whoever it has to be an inside job because whoever is doing it is apparently like what they're doing is not being caught on film. So Nancy's like, okay, how many employees do you have? Now, they do have a a number of, like, part-time employees with a high end on turnover, but the number of full-time employees they have is, like, four. So that that narrows things down a little bit. So Nancy's like, let me, um, let me look into this for you. Because the thing that the store owner is most concerned about is the fact that if she gets robbed again, the insurance company is apparently going to just, like, drop her policy. And she's like, that would put the store out of business. Like, I wouldn't be able to, to keep it up. Because they're like, you, you're like, this is clearly you. You're doing this. You're making all these claims and it's not true. And she's like, no, it's not like that. And they're like, whatever, bullshit. So, and I would have been like, you're not trying hard enough, but okay. It's fine. So, that's where they're at. Nancy's agreed to look into it. And of course, Ned's like, uh, okay, I, 
well, you know, I'm going back to school next week. And Nancy's like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's just some little store robberies. It's fine. We're, it's going to be fine. So the thing that the store manager tells, actually, the owner tells Nancy to do is to contact, is to talk to the manager. Like, that would be her point of contact. So she's like, Trisha, what, what's, tell me about this. First off, Trisha is defensive as hell. Like, she's like, I don't, do you, do you suspect me? And Nancy's like, uh, everybody's a suspect. It's clearly an inside job. So anybody who works here is a suspect. So that includes you, dick. Anyway, so she's like, yeah, we've got a we've got an electronic system you have to punch in a code and it changes like every week or something so like yeah i think that got pointed and put in around the same time that the first robberies happened um they've got cameras everywhere so nancy talks to trisha who came from denver and is like uh this town's kind of podunk for me no offense and nancy's like i am offended but okay keep going um and yeah, so she's like, yeah, I noticed the robberies and like, I don't, I don't know who's doing it. And Nancy's like, do you have any clues? And she's like, no, um, Charlene, Charlene, who is working the cash register, um, seems kind of timid. And she comes to talk to Nancy with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend is also apparently like a salesperson on the floor. His name is Tony and he looks like he's mobbed up. Um, so Charlene seems really like looking down at the floor, very like submissive and Tony's very confrontational, like with his arms crossed. He's like, you think I did this? And Nancy's like, uh, maybe, <laughs> well, we don't know anything. And Nancy's like, oh, okay, sure. Cause she doesn't have proof on anybody. The last guy is named Max and he works in the stock room and Nancy's like, so do you unpack the boxes? And he's like, no, I just transport them from the truck to the store shelves or the storage shelves or whatever the fuck. Nancy's like, Okay, so that box cutter that you got, clearly just there for looks. Okay, cool. Cool for you. All of them seem surly and like, I can't believe you'd suspect me of this or whatever the shit. So, um, Nancy goes through, I think that she's basically focusing on the full-time employees because I think that she says like the part-time employees wouldn't have access to the, the main stuff. Because apparently, like I said, they go through a lot of people. Um, Trisha also says that the store owner has a shitty sense of character. Because she just hires people who, like, are not going to, you know, maybe aren't that trustworthy. And Nancy's like, really? Really? Okay. Um, so, yeah. That night, um, Nancy and her friends are going to the movie theater. And when in the mall. It's, it's a mall movie theater. Yeah. It's like in Stranger Things. Um, anyway, so they're going to the movie theater when Nancy spots... She sees, like, all of her suspects, basically, almost. I think that she sees Max, and I think that she sees Charlene, and I think that she sees Trisha. And Trisha is with a guy in a cowboy hat, a, a unknown character. And Nancy's like, I need to follow them. And Bess is like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You fucking don't. Just just come with us to the movie. You're going you're gonna to die when you see this guy. I'm going to remind you that in the previous book, remember, Bess got her sparkly ass kidnapped in a theater because she wanted to go bang a space cowboy. And this week, he is completely off the radar. He is gone. And you're like, she did him and it won't great is what happened. Like, there's no, there's nothing, there's no connection to it. And again, some of these books were assigned to different ghostwriters. So, you know, of course, there's not going to be that level of continuity between most of them other than the trilogies. So, but still, it's, it's a little bit weird that she's like, yeah, I was um, being held captive in a theater for 48 hours because I really wanted to climb up on that space dick. And 
blip, barely a blip, no PTSD. I have just shook that off. I am Taylor Swift in it. Anyway, so yes, they see most of the suspects and Nancy's like, well, we're in the mall. If we're seeing suspects here mm." and the next morning, yes, they were robbed overnight. Nancy's like, I'm such a fucking idiot. Like I should have staked out the place. I should have like been back there to see what was going on, but she didn't think that somebody would rob the store again so soon. And I can't even remember what the fuck was taken. I think it was like a bunch of jewelry or something. Um, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Anyway. Um, so, shit. Nancy's talking to Ned. And she does tell Ned that she wants to do a stakeout of the, at the mall. But she's not going to do it that night. Because I think that... I don't know. It might be after the movie that she meets Ned. And um, they decide to go get some pizza. That might be it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. The timeline of this book is screwy. Um, so, they they eat some pizza. Ned tells Nancy, because Nancy's like, well, I could use your help on the case a little bit. And Ned's like, Royal Mounted Police at your service, ma'am. And Sergeant Nickerson of the Yukon. And Nancy's like, again, I'm loving your enthusiasm for costumes. I'm loving it. Come over later with that hat and we'll see what we can do. Um, but anyway, he's just, is super, is cute. It's, it's cheesy, but it's cute. I love them. I love them. Anyway, um, so yeah, they're having pizza on the porch. And Ned's like, yeah, we, could, we can make out some. And he's just like, hell yeah, we can make out some. But then all of a sudden, like, Nikki and Dan come home to Nikki's house. And they're having another fight. <laughs> where, that like, they seem like everything's okay. But then, like, Nikki's like, no, I don't want that. And he actually, this is, again, like, emotionally abusive. Where Dan's like you know, I don't know what I'm going to do without you. Like, I will basically kill myself if I can't be with you. And Nikki's like, you better fucking leave me alone or I'm going to fucking kill you myself, which of course is a chapter in a cliffhanger. And Ned like makes like he's going to go over there and do something because he's like, clearly he wants to, he wants to intercede because he sees that Dan's like getting very physical, like not like attacking her or anything, but like he, he doesn't like this. And Nancy's like, let's, let me, I'm going to go talk to her. I'm going to go talk to her because I need to, you know, see what's going on with her. So after Dan's pitiful ass finally leaves, um, and I think after Ned leaves, maybe it's the next morning. Cause I'm like, there's a, I wrote a missing scene actually for this book where they go upstairs and have some fun. Anyway, um, Nancy goes over to talk to Nikki and she's like, what the fuck's going on with that guy? Like, what the fuck? And Nikki's like, look, I met him and he was like super cute. And he just, he had all these big dreams and I thought that he was like a really nice guy. And then he like, I don't even know. It's, he got very weird. He, he's been disappearing for a time. He's, uh, he's gotten so clean and possessive and I just, I just don't know what to do with him. Like I, and he wants me to, he, he keeps trying to give me this envelope. He gave me this really nice piece of jewelry. And Nancy's like, can I see it? And when she sees a piece of jewelry, it looks, sim- it's not identical to, but it's similar to the jewelry that she saw in Vanities. And she's like, huh, okay. And Nikki's like, I'm going to give it back to him. Like, I can't, I can't accept this. She was like, I love him. And, you know, I wish we could be, get, be together. But like, he's just, I, I can't, I can't deal with it. Like, I feel like this is, this is too much. He's got too much going on. And I just... I'm not, I'm not able to, to be there for him the way that he needs. And Nancy's like, yeah, yeah, you need to break up with him. And Nikki's like, but then he says he, like, he, he might hurt himself. And Nancy's like, 
even more reason for you to know, no, you are not the person who's equipped to deal with this. You're a fucking 16-year-old, okay? You're fucking 16. You are not his mental health professional. And Nikki's like, oh, okay. I'll tell him that we can just be friends, but, like, we need to ease off. And Nancy's like, yes, yes. Mm." Because, like, she sees Dan, like, maybe, like, a few hours later or whatever, like, literally banging on Nikki's door for like 30 straight minutes. Like, Nikki, come out and talk to me because, and all the lights in the house are out. And Nancy's like, what the fuck is going on? And when she goes over after, like, Nikki was in the house and had turned all the lights off because her parents weren't home and she didn't want any, like, she didn't want Dan to come inside and, like, start going after her. Ugh. And Nisa's like, yeah, you need to break that shit off with him. No, no, you don't, you don't need this. You don't need this shit. You don't need this shit. Let me go, like, Nisa's like, I'll talk to him, I'll, but you don't need to be on any part of this. And Nikki's like, okay, okay. So, the next day, um, Nancy decides that she's going to do a stakeout of the store because, again, like, somebody robbed the store again so recently. She's so close to the previous robbery that she's like, well, you know, it's it's dumb for me not to have the store staked out, basically. So, um, I think it's the same, like, earlier that day, she, um, she decides that she's going to follow Dan. And this is after he, like, has been banging on the door and, like... Nikki, come out and talk to me. Please come out and talk to me. And, like, looking super sketchy. Like, at one point, Nancy's looking at Nikki's house, and Dan just, like, kind of comes out of the bushes. Like, he's just been sitting there stalking her ass. And Nancy's like, no. So she gets in her car and follows him to see what the fuck he's doing. And he goes to an arcade in a rough part of town that Nancy's like, I probably shouldn't go in there. Then he comes back out, and Max, the stock boy with the with the knife, um, comes out and just beats the shit out of him. Like just goes after him and Nancy's like on the one hand I should intercede on the other hand it kind of feels good to see him get the shit kicked out of him because Dan's been acting scared but he's also been acting like a weird emotionally abusive stalker to Nikki so Nancy's like I don't know so she goes over to Dan and she's like after Max is like basically shaking it off and walk back inside um and Dan's just sitting there, like, all curled up on the pavement looking pitiful. And Nancy goes over, and she's like, hey, are you okay? And he's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm, I'm a friend. And he's like, you're, you're Nikki's neighbor. And Nancy's like, uh, yeah. And Dan's like, I don't, I'm not going to talk to you. And Nancy's like, okay, um, maybe put some ice on that eye because it looks like it's swelling up. And he's like, whatever. And Nancy's like, why was that guy beating you up? And he's like, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> So, Nancy's like, okay, so clearly there's some sort of beef between Max and Dan that mm, neither one going to talk about. Um, yeah. So, the thing that happens is, like, Nancy decides that she wants to go talk to Dan's parents. Because she's like, maybe they know what's going on, why he's been acting weird, anything like that. Nancy asks Nikki if Nikki has talked to Dan's parents. Now, Dan is of an age that he's not supposed to be in school, and he's also, like, it's it would be normal for him to have a full-time job. So he's clearly like 18 at least. And I was like, we're, we're giving weird. Mm, I don't, I don't love this. I don't love the weird age difference, but it's fine. Um, and again, the weird clingy, I'm not okay with it. But anyway, um, so she goes over to Dan's house and she's like, if I find his parents home and I can talk to them, Dan's parents apparently hate Nikki because Nikki has like talked to them and th- like, they think that Nikki's stuck up because, again, Nikki lives in, like, the upper middle class part of town. And Nikki's been like, 
I've, I've caught him telling me stuff that doesn't seem true. Like that seems like he's lying to me about stuff that, and he's giving me like, she's tried to talk to them about what he's going through and his parents won't hear anything bad about him. So when she goes over, Dan's father is on the couch watching TV and his mom's like, Oh my gosh, are you his new girlfriend? And Nancy's like, I am a friend of his and I was just, um, worried about him and wanted to make sure he was doing okay. And Dan's mom was like, yeah, I'm glad he's away from that naked girl because she's a bitch. And Nancy's like, uh, um, okay, can I, um, I don't know, have you noticed anything weird going on with him lately? And she's like, we are so proud of him because he's been taking a lot of business trips. And Nancy's like, business trips? Oh, um, can you tell me more about that? And his mom's like, so his boss trusts him so much that she sends him out of town on business trips to like scout out new places and new people to talk to. Like he's doing a lot of business meetings. He is, he's doing so good. So Nancy actually like checks with the store and she finds out that Dan was employed there for like four months starting in April, but he like, he only worked there for like between April and June, something like that. He stopped working there before the robbery started. So Nancy's like, Nancy feels like what's freaking him out is he got involved in the robbery somehow. She's not quite sure how, like, but it clearly, he doesn't seem like the guy who would have plotted it by himself because the stuff's been changing. He has to be coordinating with somebody who currently works there if that's what's going on. So it can't be just him, but that does explain like why he might be like really nervous and anxious. And also him going out of town, she was like, well, somebody's taking the merchandise somewhere to get rid of it. Mm, So yeah. So that's what she decides going on. And then when she talks to Dan's mom, Dan's mom's like, oh, yeah. And Nancy's like, where is he right now? And Dan's mom was like, oh, well, um, he's going to a party at Jeremy Pratt's house. So, okay, back up slightly. Not not a lot. Anyway, um, Nancy also asked, like, did, how did he explain that, that thing on his face? And she was like, oh, he was helping a stray cat or some shit. Anyway, like, he he's just, he is a good boy. Like, anything that Nancy says to her, she turns into, like, isn't he a dreamboat? He's a good catch. And Nancy's like, okay, um, sure, sure, lady, it's fine. But he's going to Jeremy Pratt's house. The, the lie that Dan told to get hired by Vanities was that he was besties with Jeremy Pratt, who Jeremy Pratt's family is a, because remember, like a third of River Heights is mansions with rich people. Jeremy Pratt lives in one of those mansions. His family makes bank and he lives in the rich part of town, which of course is fairly close to Nancy's house because Nancy is rich adjacent. (laughs) She ain't rich, but she's rich adjacent. Also, her father is bankrolling her lavish lifestyle. Anyway, um, so there's a big party at Jeremy Pratt's house, and that's where he's going. Nancy had been talking to Nikki earlier, and Nikki was like, I don't, I've, I was thinking about staying in tonight, but there's a party. And Nancy was like, you should go to the party. Like, you should be with your friends. You should be away from him. And Nikki was like, okay, I'll go. So she finds out that Nikki's going to be at the party. Dan's going to be at the party. That's a real bad combo. And also, uh, she told Noah that they were going to stake out at the mall. So, awkward. So, Nancy decides to go to the party real, real quick and make sure that Nikki and Dan's okay and maybe, like, get them escorted out by some large burly guys. And that'll be okay. Like, she just, she wants Dan and Nikki to not be near each other because she's afraid that Dan's going to do something stupid or attack Nikki or something. She's just not a fan. Not a fan. 
So, also, Jeremy fucking hates Dan because he found out about the lie um, that that he basically like lied it for his family as a reference to get that job, and then when he was found out, he was fired. Which that's what Trisha tells Nancy. She's like, "Yeah, he was a liar." Then we found out about it, and he was flaky, and like he called in sick, and I saw him that he was he was out like at the mall with his friends or some shit. And Nancy was like, "Well, that tracks." But anyway, so. They go to, Nancy goes to the party. When she walks in, like, she's like, where's, uh, actually, when she walks up to the door, she's like, first off, all oh, y'all in high school, and y'all are younger than my group, so I don't recognize any of you. Like, there was nobody there. She'd be like, oh, yeah, hey, other than Nikki, who isn't visible at that point. So she walks up to the door, and she's like, hey, so Jeremy's having a party tonight? And they were like, hell yeah. And Nancy's like, cool, Um, I'd like to meet him for reasons. Because she doesn't want to crash the party unless she's, like, said hello to the... Like, basically gotten the okay to go in. And they're like, oh, he just went out to get sodas. And they're, she's like, okay, why would he... Okay, whatever. Maybe that was just his excuse. He wanted to get out and do something. She was like, or he's planning for this to rage all night. Because, oh, my God, there's, like, 100 teenagers here. Um. So, the guy at the door, he was talking to her. He's like, hey, save a dance for me later. And he was like, you're 15, but okay. Like that's that's cute that you think that sure sure hon because the guy's like as soon as he sees you he's gonna want you at this party and nancy's like i'm I'm not that okay <laughs> she goes inside and she sees two girls who she like vibes are nikki's best friends and she's like hey have you seen nikki and they're like you're nancy drew and she's like i am indeed have you seen nikki and they're like so Dan came in and um he and Nikki are having a chat on the back patio and we we ain't here we ain't cool with it. We don't like it. We don't like him and Nancy's like same hard same. Oh my god. They just they've never liked. They're like and Nikki says my friends have never liked him. They've never thought I should be with him. They've been telling me to break up with him since day one and Nancy's like again, your friends have good good vibes about this guy. Like correct. Correct. So they're like, we'll, we'll wait a few minutes to give him some privacy, but they don't come back. And so Nancy goes out there and they, the girls, Lacey and Robin, 1989 names, um, are like, oh my gosh, we don't see her. And then this girl like comes up out of the bushes and she's like, hello. And they're like, Brittany. <laughs> because we're introducing all the characters who are going to be in the side series. This is a backdoor pilot. Anyway, they see Brittany, and they're like, Brittany. And Brittany's like, yes, I bet you want to know what was going on back here, don't you? And Nancy's like, yeah, we do, bitch. So go ahead and tell me. And, like, she's caught off guard by somebody being, like, not cowed by her. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, they went off, like, five minutes ago for a drive. And Nancy's like, did they say where? And she's like, no. And Nancy's like, thank you. Because she ain't got time for this shit. Ned is waiting. And also, there was some promise of some light, maybe over the clothes action. She was like, we're going to be alone together and staking out places. And Ned's like, I'm here for that shit. You know I am. Anyway, so she's like, I've, I've got some banging to get to. And y'all preventing it. Y'all preventing it. So, um, they go back out and Nancy's like, his car's gone. So they know they're in his car. But nobody sees like, oh, they went that way or where they talked about going or anything. And so she's like... She talks to Nikki's friends. She's like, is there anywhere they would have gone? Anywhere special to them? Like, you know, the river or anything like that? And they're like, not really. And they like, that's great. 
that's that's fucking swell. Um, there's no point in me like driving around trying to look for their asses because they're probably somewhere like making out or whatever the fuck. So I guess we're just gonna sit our asses here and wait. And Ned's at the mall, and I can't call him because we don't have cell phones. Seriously, seriously, or even pagers. Um, I guess I think that that doctor had a pager. This is 1989. I think that was possible. Anyway, but not in this case. They wait, and then, like, Nikki comes back into the party, and by this point, it's, like, I don't know. I think it's close to 11, is what it says in the book. Um, Nikki stumbles into the party. Her, like, shirt sleeve is torn. She's, like, muddy and scratched up. She looks like she's been through it, and she walks in, and her friends are, like, oh, my God. Like, the party goes silent. They're, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then she, like, she reaches out for her friends and then, like, faints, and Nancy's, like, Holy shit. So they take her in the library of their study or anyway, a murder room from a clue board. They take her into one of those. So like, they're like, oh my God, are you okay? And so it's just Nikki and her two friends because they shut everybody else out, even though everybody else is desperately like, what's going on in there? So their reviver give her some water. Like whenever they, they're like, we need some water. They go to the door and when they open it, there's like 15 teenagers jammed up against the door, like hoping to hear what's going on in there. And they're all like, go away, vultures. Anyway. Nancy's like, Nikki, what's going on? And Nikki says that Dan just wanted to, she explained to Dan that they could not be together anymore, that they could be friends from a distance, but like, uh, and so he was like, okay, well, can you go for a drive with me? And what Nikki says is, oh, I thought that he just wanted to go for like one last drive with me to be alone with me. And then he'd be able to stop like the shit. And I was like, the subtext here is the, like, one last bang. That's the subtext here. But, anyway. So, they go out in his shitty car. They go to, actually, like, one of the side entrances to the country club. A a popular spot for murders and other things in the Institute of Files series. Um, so, they're, like, in a wooded area with a lot of cover. And um, Dan's like, I really need you to take this. He's got a manila envelope with something in it. Nancy like when Nancy asked Nikki what it is Nikki's like I don't know I wouldn't I didn't want to take it um because Nancy had when she was talking to Nikki Nikki had said that he was trying to like give her something and Nancy was like well maybe it's like some sort of like love note or something and like just you need to cut things off with him and so Nikki was like yeah I told him I wasn't going to take it and he said I didn't even need to open it like I just needed to hold on to it and Nancy's like that doesn't make any fucking sense because if it's a, a love letter he would want you to read it Nancy's like, do you know anything about what was in there? And Nikki's like, no, I I left it. I did not take it. Nancy's like, okay. So, um, he was insisting. Nikki was like, I feel unsafe. And so she got out of the car. She said when she went out there, cause they're like, would she have gone off with him if like he was, he seemed unstable and they're, they believe that no, she wouldn't have like, she would have felt that like, okay, it's okay for me to go off with him. But at that point, she started to feel unsafe and she didn't want to be in the car with it anymore. So she tried to get out and he like grabbed her and tried to keep her in the car. And she like wrenched away from him, left her purse in the car and that envelope because he kept trying to jam it into her purse. And I was like, how big is her purse? If her purse is my size and it could have worked, but I don't think so. Anyway, um, so she gets out of the car. She trips, falls into a ditch. Like again, she's having to find her way back to civilization from the country club in the dark with nothing, with nothing, like just like clothes. That's it. She got nothing. Um, so she, um, she walks all the way back to the party because that's, I guess the closest place for her to get to that she knows where she is. 
And that's it. Nancy says, okay, so you left Dan out there. And Nikki's like, yeah. Nancy says, okay, um, I'm going to take you home because you need to go home and just, you know, take a shower, relax. She looks like, and the thing that Nancy doesn't quite say, but the, the, the vibe is certainly there is Nancy thinks that she's been assaulted. Like in a, like he's attempted to rape her or has raped her. Like that's, that's not said, but that's definitely like, she, she's like, what did he do to you? Like what, what happened out there? So when Nancy's taking Nikki and her friends home, um, when she's in the car with Nikki by herself, she's like, is there anything else that you need to tell me about? And Nikki's like, like what? And Nancy's like, just, just wondering any, any details that you forgot? And Nikki's like, no, why would you No, do, do you think I'm lying? And Nancy's like, no, I just, you know, you've been through a lot. Just want to make sure. Nikki's like, okay, well, you're, you're a good friend. Um, so Nancy drops her off and then immediately, again, she can't reach Ned. Like she can't just call him on a phone or anything. So she immediately goes out there to see if like, if Dan's still out there, if she can find the envelope or Nikki's purse or anything like that, like, you know, if she, anything. So she goes out there and as soon as she gets out there, she sees that there are, um, police cars and an ambulance. And she's like, huh? So she walks up and one of the officers, she knows, of course, because she knows all the officers in River Heights. And she's like, hey, what's, what's going on out here? And he's like, there's been a murder. And Nancy's like, has there been a murder? Huh? Um, he's like, yes, the, the car's right over there. It's Dan's car. Nancy's like, okay. Huh? Huh? Um, cool. Okay. Okay. I just... The, the chief is out there because, again, not, not as many murders happen in River Heights as you might suspect with Nancy investigating so many of them. Um, some of them are out of, out of the county. Um, but she's like, can you tell me what's going on here? And the chief is like, well, we found a purse in his vehicle, so we think that belongs to the person who killed him. And Nancy was like, oh, did you? Was, was there an envelope in the purse? <laughs> and the chief's like, what do you know about what's going on out here? And Nancy's like... Oh, I don't know. The other thing that happens is like, of course, Brenda Carlton is out there immediately. And Brenda's like, what do you know about this? And Nancy's like, I was just driving by and saw the lights. And Brenda's like, bullshit. What do you know? And Nancy's like, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) Anyway, she goes back to the station with the chief. And she's like, look, I'm going to come clean with you. My neighbor, Nikki Masters, that's her purse. Um, She was dating him. Like, you're going to find all this out when you start looking into him. She was out here with him earlier, and um, they they had a fight, and she went home. A part of me is like, partially is like, Nancy, shut up. Like, shut up. Shut up. Her dad is out of town. Oh, my God. I forgot to tell you this. Her dad's out of town, and also Hannah is out of town. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's why Nancy and I could go into her house and just have a good time. Um anyway so they're both out of town her father's not in town to be like nancy shut the fuck up if the cops are interested in somebody you shut the fuck up but nancy just can't help it she's like oh well you're gonna find out about this somebody else killed him like nikki left him and then somebody killed him after that the purse is circumstantial and the chief's like um i know that you think that she's your neighbor and you really like her but um i don't know hon like that's a lot of evidence and nancy's like just let me, let me look into it, okay? Please, please, can you just hold off? Like, she's at home with her parents. She's 16. It's not like she's going anywhere. And the chief's like, 
I can give you a day. And Nancy's like, thank you. Because again, it's like, it's, it's so silly. Anyway. Um, like I said, they do find the purse, but they don't find the envelope. And Nancy's like, so somebody killed him and took the envelope. And it's not Nikki. Nikki absolutely did not have an envelope. And when she mentions this to the chief, the chief's like, you only have her word for there ever being an envelope. And Nancy's like, yeah, but there was an envelope. And the chief's like, again, I'm not convinced. Also, um, his watch was smashed and it was smashed at 1014. And the, the Nancy's like, that's bad. Cause Nikki was with him at the time. Um, because again, the people at the party know when she left and know when she came back and they know that she was with him at 1014. Um, so Nancy has to ask people, she's like, okay, what happened? When Jeremy came back into the party after he went out for soda, I'm putting air quotes around all of that. Um, when he found out that Dan had been at the party, hilariously, he was like, I'm going to kill that turkey. And I was like, I love to tell you some turkey for your fake curse words for this book. He was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make him not forget that he should. Anyway, it's, it's very blustery and everybody's like, we're enjoying your dramatics. Yes. Give us more Real Housewives. More of this. Let's go splash some champagne in someone's face. Do it. Do it, you little boy. Anyway. Um, so Nancy asks him where he was. She has to track him down on the golf course. And he's like, I was getting soda with my friends and they can vouch for me. Um, what, what's wrong with you? Anyway. So he's, he's a stuck up little bitch, but she's like, I don't think he did it. Um, even though he was technically gone at the right time to have done it. Um, Nancy's like, I don't, I don't really know who else would have been involved with this. I don't know who else would have had, who would have wanted him dead. It does like kind of make some sense though, that if he attacked Nikki, like a heat of the moment thing where she like fought back and because he was killed with a rock. Okay. It wasn't like he was killed with something, a murder weapon that was brought to the scene. And so it's, it feels very opportunistic. It feels very much like it was not planned, like it was spontaneous. And Nancy was like, yeah, kind of. And the chief is like, she already admitted she had a fight with him. And Nancy's like, but she wouldn't have done this. And the chief's like, I'm unconvinced. So, so yeah, that's where we're at. Nancy's father is supposed to come home. So, um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, when my dad gets home, he'll be happy to defend you. Because, of course, Nikki's parents are freaking the fuck out. Um, yeah. So, we'll pick up there. So, the loose end that you were desperately wondering about... Ned calls in Nancy the next morning. She's already actually been out of the house, I think, to track down Jeremy. And then she, around the same time. And the phone rings and she's like, hello. And Ned's like, so you are okay. And Nancy's like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Ned waited last night. He did the stakeout without her. He w- he assumed that something was going on. He said that he did actually call the house to see what was going on. Um, that night, Hannah had returned home because, funny story, um, Nancy and I think that she was talking to... Her friends, maybe? I think that, like, Bess and George had come over. Bess and George, um, remember, had gone with her to the movies. When Nancy was asking people where they were the night before, um, Charlene had... She had seen Charlene. And she was like, oh, Charlene, where were you last night? Charlene's like, oh, I was at the movies. And Nancy was like, cool, um, what did you see? And she's like, oh, I saw High Risk. And Nancy's like, oh, tell me about it. Nancy has seen it, and it doesn't, the plot summary that she gives her is nothing like what it was. And Nancy's like, okay, um, 
Yeah, you didn't go to the movies last night, so you, you remain on my suspect list. Bess and George had been following people around, and she saw the guy with, and Bess saw the guy with the cowboy hat talking to Trisha again, and she was like, he did it! He did it! And Nancy's like, okay. And Bess is like, or Trisha, or maybe Max, or possibly Tony. And Nancy's like, so, okay, we haven't known anything done. Anyway, they've noticed basically all the suspects acting suspicious, so... And I think that's when the brick came through Nancy's window that was like, keep your nose out of things, Nancy Drew. And she was like, huh. Like, immediately just looking at it like, thanks for letting me know that I'm getting close. So she has to call somebody to fix the window, of course. And then she's like waiting around and like, holy shit, this is taking forever. And so then Hannah comes home and Nancy's like, Hannah, you're home. I was not expecting you yet. Please stay here while they fix the window so that I can go work on this case. And Hannah's like, okay, hon, bye. <laughs> anyway. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, Ned's like, yeah, I called and Hannah said that you were still out. So I was assuming that, you know, you were doing okay. Um, yeah. Bless his heart. Like, he's very sweet about it. Nancy's like, you know, I love you. And Ned's like, happy anniversary. And Nancy's like, oh, um, happy anniversary to you too, hon. He's like, I'll see you later. I know that, I know you're doing some stuff. So, um, Again, Nancy goes to talk to everybody. She goes to talk to Chief McGinnis, and she's like, hey, can I just, like, sit at your desk and go through all of your shit? And he says, yes! Nancy goes through all of the evidence they have collected from the crime scene. He allows her to go through all the fucking evidence from the crime scene. Nancy sees that next to him in the dirt, apparently, like, as some sort of, like, deathbed something, um, that... Dan had scratched lines in the dirt, and when they were photographed, they looked like the letter N, and the chief was like, this this kind of seals it. And Nancy was like, does it? So she was looking at it, and she realized that it's actually a Z. She was like, where have I seen that before? Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's Nobody's name starts with Z. I don't know. I just don't know. Um... Also, yeah, the watch was smashed at that time. And Nancy's, Nancy goes through Nikki's purse, which only has, like, cosmetics in it. And I was like, no wallets or keys? Okay. Okay. Anyway. Um, also, Nikki, at this point, like, has been questioned by the police. And because, like, Carson's going to be there and later. And, like, they say, no, we need, we need to go ahead and talk to her now. Which I was like, again, um, Miranda writes. But, um... Some somebody that she knows from school sees her, and they're like, they shout murderer, and Nikki's like, I'm always gonna be a murderer, even if, ah, and Nancy's like, I'm not gonna lie to you, like, this is shitty, but you're gonna get through it, like other people have too, and you're a good person, and it's gonna be okay, and Nikki's like, oh, thank you, um, but... Yeah, it's it's just really not great. Nancy says, okay, so can you take me through it again? Nikki remembers that Dan, on the way to their little tryst slash murder, um, that he stopped to make a phone call. Like, he stopped at a gas station to make a phone call, and he seemed, um, like, agitated while he was making the phone call. And Nancy's like, okay, you didn't mention that. And Nikki was like, yeah, I didn't remember it. And Nancy's like, okay, did you did you ask him anything about it? And Nikki was like, fuck no. I was trying to like extract myself from his life. I was not going to ask him anything that would invite him to like, oh, she wants to be close to me. And Nancy's like, that's valid though. That's, that's, that makes some sense. So, um, yeah. The other thing is Nancy's following Max who 
after he gets off shift, like he changes his clothes and he looks really nice. And then he goes to pick somebody up who's wearing a trench coat. And then like they go to the river and they're walking along the river and it's looking real romantic. And the person's wearing a hat and he's like, it's another guy. But they take off the hat and it's Charlene, Charlene. And Nancy's like, Nancy is sneaking up on them at this point. And she's like, oh no. And Charlene's like turned around and she's like, oh no, you can't tell Tony. And Nancy was like, oh fuck no, I ain't telling Tony. I don't know. No, no, no. So that's why she lied about where she was the night of the movies. Cause she and Max went off and had a date somewhere else. And yeah, like she just went to the movie theater for like plausible deniability, but they actually went out of town. And Nancy was like, Okay, fair. That would explain your weird, shifty behavior. And then she's like, so I watched you beat the shit out of Dan. Do you want to tell me what that was about? And Max is like, yeah, he used me 200 bucks. And Nancy's like, so you decided to to beat the shit out of him. He was like, I was really frustrated because he kept telling me he was going to pay me. And I got real mad and was like, you better fucking pay me. And then I beat him up. And Nancy was like, okay. And Max is like, why would I kill him over $200? He's definitely not going to give it back to me then. And Nancy's like, also valid. Also valid. Like, loan sharks don't do that. Loan sharks want you alive so they can, that you can pay. But anyway. So that solves that thing. Um, Tony's just a dick. Like, anyway. So Nancy's like, okay, that, that leaves Trisha. Who? Hmm. Trisha. The store manager. Who initially she was like, I don't know. And when she was talking to Bess and George, they were like, Trisha was the one who said that the robberies were happening. So Nancy goes back over to Dan's house and she talks to his devastated mom. And she's like, I'm trying to find out who killed Dan because, you know, I want to, I want to figure out what happened there. So can I look in his room? And his mom's like, yeah, sure. Like I, you know, I haven't been able to do anything in there. So, you know, look, look around and see if you can find anything. She finds under the bed um, his suitcase, which has luggage tags for the Denver airport. And Nancy's like, okay, okay. That, yeah, he his business trip was to Denver. That's where Trish is from. Yeah, yeah, this is making some sense now. So she's pretty sure that Dan got mixed up in the robbery somehow. And apparently he wanted to come clean, but the people who he knew too much and possibly the envelope that he was trying to give Nikki was just like proof of what was going on, kind of like leverage. So that if he said, I want out and if anything happens to me, my girlfriend will release this information, but she wouldn't take it. And so, yeah, yeah. So there's that. So that's what Nancy's theory is. And so she calls Nikki and Ned and is like, hey, I need, we need to do something. So (laughs) we need to figure out what's going on here. Nancy sets it up. She's like, Ned, I need you to go get a starter pistol and some stage blood and meet me at the mall. And Ned's like, I'm here for it. Whatever it is, it's fine. Also, happy anniversary. (laughs) Perfect. 10 out of 10, no notes. So... Um, they go and Nancy explains to Nikki what she wants to do. And Nikki's like, I'm not an actress. And Nancy's like, this is for Dan. Okay. This is the last thing you can do for him. Can you just, you know, stick to the script? And Nikki's like, yeah, I can do that. So, um, Trisha goes to the back after the store closes. Nancy talks to Charlene and Max and she's like, I need all three of you take Tony with you, get him out of the store somehow. I need all of you out of the store. Cause I don't want anybody interfering with what we're about to do. Ned goes into Trisha's office after the store is closed and Trisha's in there, quote, counting receipts or whatever the fuck you're supposed to do after you close the store. And um, she's like, who the fuck are you? And Ned's like, I know everything. I know about Dan. I know about the Denver connection. And Trisha's like, what do you want? And Ned's like, I want in. Trisha's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Ned's like, 
I know that you guys were stealing from the store and you were, that's how you were taking the merchandise. And I want in, I want, I want whatever Dan's role was. And I want a cut of what's going on here. And he's acting real like bad guy. (laughs) And so Trisha's like, Trisha clearly is like, "Mm," she's like, oh, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Like trying to play it off. And that's like, oh, really? Uh, Let's, let's see what anybody else to say about that. Then Nikki comes out with the starter pistol and she's like, I know you killed Dan. And she's like, she's pointing the gun at Ned and Ned's like, no, I didn't kill him. She killed him. And so then Nikki points the gun at Trisha and she's like, I'm going to avenge him. I'm going to avenge his death. I loved him. No one else cared about him, but I did. I'm going to avenge him. And Trisha's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And so Nikki's like, who was it then? Who's going to get this bullet? And then, like, Ned says something, and Nikki pretends to shoot him. And so, like, he falls on the floor, and there's fake blood under him. And Trisha's like, it was Alan! Alan did it! And, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot. I'm pulling a fucking Agatha Christie. Um, Nancy had gotten for Ned, at the very beginning of this, a, a Chekhov's item, which is a voice recorder. I was like, maybe he said he wanted one, because he seems cool with it. Anyway, it's like a little, like, voice video like not video a little like you have the little cassettes in there the little recorder that you can have like a little micro cassette recorder um so she got that for him for his anniversary present so she gave it to him right before they walked into the mall she was like so funny story i need you to use it immediately so actually before they go in there like she makes sure that the video recorder is in his pocket and turn on so they can get everything so so nancy has a confession so so as soon as Trisha says it was Alan, Nancy picks up the phone. She's like, Chief McGinnis, I have the suspect. Yeah. So, and at the end of the book, yeah, it's what Nancy thought it was. Um, Dan was like the go-between and he was delivering the merchandise back to Denver so that it could be disposed of. The guy with the cowboy hat was a contact there. The guy with the cowboy hat, um, that's who Dan had called and apparently he'd been like, I want out. And so somehow, I guess... Either he had arranged to meet Dan at the country club or Dan had arranged to meet him at the country club. But anyway, he came up after Nancy and after Nikki had left. They had an argument. He bashed his brain in with a rock and then stole the envelope. So the leverage was gone. And and that was it. Um, The watch, which Nancy was like, the watch point, like if somebody were to set the watch backward and smash it, which she's like, and I've heard of this before. I know that it is a thing. Um, Only makes sense if it was premeditated and the way that the murder was set up, it very much looks like it was not premeditated. Um, But what they find out is that Dan, because he had gone to Denver, had set his watch for Denver time and had not switched it back. So that's, that's explains that. So he was killed after Nikki was back at the party. So there's that. Um, yeah. So hooray. Nikki's name is cleared and she can go on to be the star of the spinoff series for like 10 books. Um, and then Ned is like, Nancy, I want to talk to you. And she's like, oh, okay. So they go out to have some alone time and Ned's like, happy anniversary. And he hands her a box and it has a beautiful gold bracelet in it that he puts on her. And she's like, I love it. And then at the end of the book, she's like, you know, I, I should have known it was Trisha all along because she said she doesn't like River Heights. Who doesn't love River Heights? As she is snuggling up to Ned. And I was like, I would have been cooler with you guys being more anniversary oriented for that last line. But it's cool. There was a lot of cute making out in this book. So I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. 
anyway, so yeah, yeah, that's it. So now the murderer has been caught and everything is nice again. So what the fuck have we learned? If your sketchy ass boyfriend is like, I need you to hold this mental envelope for me and it is full of evidence for a crime that I've been committing, but don't just keep it to your, no, um, this book is really interesting to me for a few different reasons, but mostly because it's dealing with the concept of like being stalked and the emotional abuse that can happen when it's like dating partner related, like she's like, I'm always going to love him. And I just, but again, she's 16 and it's, he's the way he's behaving, like would have set off alarm bells for like anybody else. Like Nancy has had, I mean, if you want to talk about Don Cameron, where you have this guy who's like very sweet and like clearly cares a lot about you, but it's very much one-sided or at least it was for them. And for the entire process of this book, it's very much that like Nikki is like, this is getting too intense for me and I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I can't be in this right now. The presentation of her after the, the murder happens that is very much as though she has been sexually assaulted, I think is also interesting because it's like, I've, I had to escape from his grip and get back to civilization is really interesting to me. I, and the way she even talks about it, like, he just wanted to be alone with me like one more time. And I'm like, he I don't, I don't love that. I don't love it. But again, I'm weird and I'm ace. And so that makes me read everything differently. Um, the clear contrast between Nancy and Ned's relationship and Nikki and Dickhead's relationship, like it's, it's very much like, you know, Ned is very understanding of what's going on with her. Even when she has to like fucking blow him off. And like when she talks to Ned the next morning after she's blown him off, she's like, yeah, there was a murder last night. And he's like, yeah, I can totally understand how that would have kept you away from having a stake out of the mall with me. Like, I'm not even being sarcastic. That's a completely reasonable explanation for what's going on. Because, like, Nancy gets back from the police station at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning or some shit. To the point where she's like, I don't even know, like, Ned's probably going home by now. So, and again, we don't have phones, so she can't call him and be like, hey, hon, you still there? Let me text you. Let me see what's going on, so... The thing they point out is like, why did she take such big risks? And it was like, because she got away with them. Why did she, why did Trisha like announce to the owner that they had been robbed? And it says that like Charlene was about to tell her anyway, that, Hey, we should have this stock in the stock room and we don't. And so she was like, if I admit, well, not admit, but if I quote unquote discover, then that would kind of throw suspicion off me because I'm like, Oh, I'm the one telling her what's going on. So clearly I couldn't have been the one who did it. So, yeah, but it's, it's so fucking weird. Like the whole setup seems sketch because it's like, if Trisha wanted to do this, like just go somewhere else in Colorado, go to some other, go to like a a high, you know, people with a lot of money, another boutique store. You don't have to come to fucking River Heights for it. And then he has to fucking, like, get on a plane with stolen merchandise. And apparently Dan was keeping everything that he had that would, um, like, basically implicate the people he was working with. Like, duplicate invoices or tags or whatever. And I was like, that is a lot more complicated than the way this has basically been set up. Where it's like, Max would unpack stuff, put it on the shelves in the stock room, and then it would, like, vanish overnight. Like, why would you need duplicate invoices for that? 
he's taking merchandise, but it's, I mean, it's not like he's going to be stopped at customs. It's not like Dan's going to be like at the airport and then go, why do you have 15 prom dresses? <laughs> what is poor qua, sir? Poor qua. Like there's none of that happening. So, um, yeah, I, the mystery itself, I'm like, I do love that there's a murder. I do love a murder. And did he deserve it? No. Also, yes, though. But because he's given such weird, like, stalkery vibes. Not not a fan of that. They did not need to be, get, be together. And I do like the idea that, like, that Nancy was like, even if he's not being physically abusive to you, he's definitely being emotionally abusive. And you need to get the fuck away from that. Like, you don't need that. You do not need that. You need... He needs to... He needs somebody else who can help him with that. And it's not going to be you. And I don't even think, I think that like at one point, um, Nikki's like, oh, you know, I should have taken the envelope. If only I'd known, I, I would have done things differently. And Nancy's like, you did the best that you could with the knowledge that you had. Do not beat yourself up over this. Do not get like second guessing yourself. You did the best thing that you knew how to do with what you knew. And Nikki's like, that's true. Like, <laughs> Like, holy shit, he didn't say, this is proof of a crime, because again, he was like, I don't want to look bad at my girlfriend, and so he just, anyway, he he made the worst possible fucking decisions every fucking single part of this book. <sighs> Am I glad he's dead? Maybe a little, maybe. He's a fictional character, I'm allowed to be okay with him being dead, so that's okay. Anyway, next week is, well, I guess next week, probably yes, next week, yeah. Um, it's going to be Nancy Drew Files number 40, so that's going to be our season finale. Um, Shadow of a Doubt, which is where Nancy's dad is accused of, like, throwing a trial. I don't remember it. Like, I'm pretty sure I read it. Like, I read the synopsis and I was like, yeah, I think I, I think I remember reading this, but it, I have no feelings attached to it. So that means that probably Ned was not in it. Because, please understand... When this bitch went to the bookstore when those books first came out, I would flip through them to see if Ned was mentioned. Like, I am not above that, and I love it. So, I'm pretty sure that Ned is probably not in the next one. I don't think that Nancy's flirting with anybody else in the next one, because I don't, also don't have that, like, that angry vibe that I normally get when I'm like, oh yeah, and she was fucking somebody else. <laughs> So, it's it's probably going to be pretty good. It's probably going to be pretty good. And then after next week, we're going to finish off the mystery stories. Oh, my God. We're going to... All fucking... We didn't do all 56. We did not do the ones where um, Nancy had not met, yet met Ned. So, we didn't do one through six. And there's also, I think, like one or two that I skipped after we started reading. Because I was like, eh, not as good. But... We've done the majority. We've done probably close to like 45 or so of the mystery stories, which is pretty fucking exciting. I don't even know when we hit like episode 100. We may have already done it. Who knows? Confetti! Confetti! So, anyway. I guess. We've done all the Nancy Drew files so far. So, that's at least 40. So, I don't... We might not be at 100 yet. And that's okay. That's all right. I'm fine with it. So, next week, Shadow of a Doubt. Not a panther thing? Is there a panther on the cover? I don't even remember. I remember there being a panther on the cover of something and me being like, really? But I think that's that's a different one. I think that one's like scent of something where there's a zoo and also animals because we like to keep things classy over here. I think this one is just like people looking shifty and also maybe turtlenecks. <laughs> Old-fashioned. Again, we... 
I'm so sad that we actually, like, don't get Nancy and... Uh, Nancy's outfits are basically not really described in this book. I do like a good outfit description. I do like that. I'm like, was Ned wearing a white shirt to make that blood stand out even more? Like, was he like, I'm going to ruin a white shirt for you, and please understand later, it is going to be wet, and you are going to need to strip it off me. It's going to be super sexy. Oh, my God, yes. The things he does for her... The things that he can then, like, gently suggest in a sexy way later. Just saying. Just saying. Anyway, next time. Shout of it out. I'm excited for all of us. And until next time, stay sleuthy, my friends. <laughs>